bag of four grits. So you guys, you guys probably remember uh, a couple of days ago when I texted you guys that uh, I thought it would be kind of fun and cool if Matt St. Helens erupted again. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and you guys, you guys didn't take that very well. Uh, we said I, got a lot I of, said under the right amount amount of like warnings, it would be pretty fun. <laughs> if yeah, you got all I the fellows out of cool. there, all the fellows, yeah, yeah. Ad, or I guess it was just Adeline. I'm looking at the text now. I guess it was just Adeline who was resisting. So well, I, I, I left no, it here's to... here's the thing. It's because I always forget that people died in it. I'm like, damn, isn't it funny <laughs> that that mountain exploded? Like, fuck those trees, am I right? And then people are like, oh, a bunch of hikers died. And I'm like, oh. I don't care. Hikers and also, President Hume, Harry Truman died in his house because he refused to leave. It wasn't the president, Harry Truman. It was a different guy named Harry Truman. That's no, it was thing. the president, Jackson. It's a conspiracy theory. It was the president. Yeah, well, Harry Truman dropped two atom bombs on Japan, so... Yes, he dropped the atom bomb that made Mount St. Helens explode. Come on, Jackson. It's, I don't care if he exploded, too. Well, maybe if Mount St. Helens exploded again, we'll get to kill a different bad president. Damn. Yeah, true. Yeah, we'll just be like, hey, Donald Trump, we have this great new villa for you in what Washington or Oregon, I can't remember which state it's in. What's up? It's in And then you're like, here you go. This this amazing house. It's perfect, beautiful house. Just like check it out. And then the way they all hide and like hide behind a rock and we all like giggle and snicker and wait for Mount St. Helens to explode. But I, I left it to Twitter. I asked Twitter, would it be kind of cool and fun if Mount St. Helens blew up again? And I was a little disappointed by the results because it, it <laughs> no no one out three to five out of a total oh, of eight man. votes. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's so pretty, I guess, pretty de- decided. Yeah. But, like, I still think it would be cool. Like, it would just, like, we all get a bunch of ash. Yeah. And it would be, be like, cool. whoa. Good for the plants. But then, it's listen. It's very bad for a certain amount of plants, but it's pretty good for the rest of them. It would be fine. It happened once. It's just nature. Well, do you think that would like help California? Because we're all waiting for that bitch to drop into the ocean, right? So, like, would it kind of like help out a little bit if Mount St. Helens exploded? You know. (laughs) What like would that have anything to do with the fault line in California? You like get some of the pressure out because it's gonna be like an earthquake. You get some pressure, let Mother Earth let off some steam, and then maybe she maybe. won't have an earth. The ending. equivalent of like yeah, earthquake. Yeah, equivalent just of like Mother farting, so you don't throw up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> farting so you don't throw up. Do you up. fart yeah. so you don't We've throw up? There. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I'm in there. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, we can't uh, I have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cool Takes Podcast, the only bad movie podcast that talks about Mount movies... St. Helens exploding like a lot. <laughs> Just, this is the first time, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Just in our own personal time, that's when we talk about it. The only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good, actually. Every week, we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. My name is Jackson McMurray. My not, my not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you've done that like three times in a row I like I have not you've just been editing old podcasts where I do that but it's fine well you've done it multiple times I yeah. do I do it every other word because I mix up words in my head and then I just keep speaking and I don't take the time to stop and try to fix them so take it again here we go number two <laughs> my name is Adeline Ozimo McMurray 
Oh, and my name is Keita Rhodes, coming at you with my sultry sick voice. Mm-hmm. Just like two, we've got Johnny. we've got two sickos on this podcast yeah. right now. Two sickos. nasty, nasty sickos who Sick want babies. that mountain to blow up, baby. <laughs> Should I talk about my ear holes on the podcast, or is it gross? No, that's gross. It's pretty okay. gross. Well, I'm just fine. I got ear hole problems. You won't know what they are. You won't know. <laughs> speculate, wildly. <laughs> speculate wildly. Speculate wildly. Comment about my ear below. Hole what's wrong with Jackson's ear holes? Uh, uh, so today we're talking about the return to Oz. It's not called that. It's just called Return to Return Oz. Return to Oz. Uh, uh, the much... I, I don't even I know, know how to introduce this movie. The sequel to Wizard of Oz. Oh, uh, not the one that you're thinking not, of. Not the movie. The Not the sequel to the movie, The Wizard of Oz. The sequel to the book, The Wizard of Oz. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Does it not, po- does it not posture itself as the sequel... I guess because it's the red, they do ruby red slippers, but there's like so many added little bits that it's like, are you sure this is the same as the Judy Garland movie? Because none of it feels the same. Like the scarecrow isn't the same. It's so much scarier. It's so much scarier. But it's, yes, it's a sequel of sorts. It's they they weirdly like try to trick you. It feels like one of those like very very like cheaply made animated movies that they make to look like triple star animated movies that your grandma makes a mistake in the checkout line and buys that one instead. It feels like they were trying to do that for The Wizard of Oz. They were like The Wizard of Oz 2, but it's like Disney and they're also always really trying to make a point that like no no it's not it's not though because all this stuff happened that we didn't tell you about and we're always telling you stuff that didn't happen in Judy Garland's movie so they're like trying to have their cake and eat it too of being like yeah it's the sequel come see it but it's not it's this isn't your grandpa's Wizard of Oz yeah it's what if in the what if the Wizard of Oz had no whimsy and instead only terror. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, what if it so, was okay. kind of like gray and drab and scary all the time? <laughs> so Return to Oz came out in 1985, a full like 40 years after, more than that, after the mm-hmm. original Wizard of Oz. Math is hard. Uh, directed by uh, a guy named Walter Murch, who I want to, is a fascinating human. Yeah, it really he, is interesting. He... Uh, is a professional sound engineer and film editor. Oh. Uh, he co-wrote the screenplay for THX 1138 with George Lucas, George Lucas's first feature film. Uh, oh. And he becomes uh, uh, like this sound guy for a lot of big prestige movies in the 70s. He's uh, 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 a post-production sound consultant on all three of the Godfather movies. Uh, and on American Graffiti. Um, and he was the editor on Apocalypse Now. Uh, so he has this, like, really robust career as a sound engineer and an editor for feature films. And he gets Return to Oz, which he writes and directs, despite uh, THX 1138 being his only other writing credit. And we all know how we like, we all know what the public thought about that movie. No, you. I think you, what your joke is is that you. They don't. But in the seventies, yeah, uh-huh. it was a big deal. It was popular and well liked. Oh, was um, it? I, like that's yeah. one of George Lucas's when you talk about like his discography and there's like oh there's like a oh, Rebel Without a Cause blah blah blah. 
And like, I'm, you say that one, and I like, I have no thoughts. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what people thought about it. I don't like. It's one of those movies that just like disappeared. Like we don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was like a riff on 1984. It was like a high concept, like you know, mid budget, like you know, sci fi, so sci fi type deal. It's very it's, cold, very sad. Which is so funny coming from George Lucas, who then made maybe the most hokey space wizard movie possible and like, right. that's that's what we want from him yeah, that's what we like balance in this world um but uh, so he so then he so he writes and directs return to oz and then never directs ever again yeah, he just he continues did to be he just continues to be an editor and a and a sound engineer forever he was the editor for tomorrowland for brad bird's tomorrowland oh oh no uh, <laughs> Don't don't you fuck keep Tomorrowland's name out your damn mouth. Wait, Adeline. did you like Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland rules. Do you like Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland's great. I didn't even do know what happens in it. They just I go to Tomorrowland, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's great there. <laughs> That's what I love about the commercials because they would not stop playing those previews before movies, and then it came out, and everyone was like, "It's bad. Don't watch it." And everyone went okay, and then didn't. But like it, like it was literally just like come to. Tomorrowland. It's in a field, and that's the whole movie. <laughs> Go to right. it. Yeah. Go over there. Where is it? Where is Tomorrowland? Oh, oh, oh! How did I've we get made there? I've made a mistake. Uh, Walter Murch did direct one other project. Oh, which really? Was an episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars entitled oh. "The General." Of course, I bet that's one of the really good ones. A classic. I bet. I bet, I bet on a tier list, it's like S tier. It's like this is the best one. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. I want to see if I can remember which one that is. So basically, when we one. put like on his career, it's just friends with George Lucas is like what it is. Yeah, friends with George Lucas, <laughs> buddies with Francis Ford Coppola, uh, director <laughs> of uh, Return to uh, Oz. Return to Oz, and, and so wild. the general, and the general, and the general, <laughs> not the insurance um, company. God, he and wishes. it's just. And it's just bizarre, though, because, like, movies like this that are so fucking puppetry and special effects based in the 80s, like, you would assume it was directed by a guy who's, like, a special effects guy. Yeah. Who's, like, a a sculptor. Like, there are plenty of guys like that, like a production designer. Like, think of fucking Bo Welch directing Cat in the Hat. Like, you'd think it would be that. I mean, like, every Jim Henson, yeah. He's a sound guy. Like, he's an audio dork. It just seems like such a weird fit. For he's a Return fucking crew nerd. <laughs> yeah, he's not even cool. He's yeah. lame. <laughs> not even one of the cool guys. See, when we all get to wear our costumes before the play in high school, he gets to wear all black, and we're like, "Are you even in the play?" And he's like, "Yeah, my part's really important." And we're like, "Yeah, whatever." Whatever. Was that a universal experience for people? <coughs> yeah, we're in so. theater, yes. I, I didn't know that. I thought that was just something that happened at our high school. <laughs> I thought we were just cool. Uh, well, like, I would have preferred to not loser. do it. Now listen, the cheerleaders wear their che- cheerleading uniforms before the big game, and then the, the, the play people wear their play costumes before the big play. Some people call them actors, but I forgot the word for it. The play people. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like if you don't have to wear a costume, though, feel like you kind of you dodged a bullet there you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well but if you played the cow in fucking night in the woods what's it called into, into the, the woods. woods into the woods return to the woods then you're in big trouble because like you and your friends gotta like make your schedules work so that you can like carry each other and be half the cow in every one of your classes 
Mm. True. Is this podcast bad so far? Is this a bad <laughs> one so far? I think it's it might been be. very informative and then very much interrupted by bad I want to talk about how batshit <laughs> crazy that this movie is because it really is bizarre. This movie this is, is bizarre. The most, this is the most cinema sinsy movie ever where they're like, literally, I swear to God, they did an episode about The Wizard of Oz when that new one came out that was really bad. Oh, what was that movie called? Are you talking about Oz the Great and Powerful? Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful. Because that headline, that came out in like 2010. That's what I'm talking about, but CinemaSins did an episode about it, and I'm guaranteeing you they did one for the original also when that came out, before they had the rights to like see it and stuff. So I bet you, I guarantee you, at the end of the movie, when she's like, and you were there, and you were there, they played the dumb fucking ding sound effect, and they went, oh, it's the year 19-whatever, if a woman was saying stuff, she'd be going to the insane asylum, bro. And then this movie's like, yeah, am I right, Felt? Yeah, definitely. Isn't that so weird and edgy? Like, yeah. Like, it feels like the most, like, cinema sensey, like, oh, this is what it would be really like. Isn't that funny? And I know that's what happens in the books or whatever, but just looking at it purely from this movie's standpoint, <laughs> that's just what it feels like. I feel like this movie's what? primary, like, lasting cultural... Uh, like, I feel like what people know this movie as is just a movie that freaked them out as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, this oh, is yeah. just, well, like, iconic in the sense of it's a kid movie that's, like, really scary. And, like, and we're talking about it on this podcast. I don't think this movie's, like, despised... But I think it has a legacy other than it being good. And I don't think it's especially well-liked even. Well, even like, also, it's a very forgotten movie. Well, my experience with this movie is that I watched it more frequently than I probably should have as a child. Like, I remembered a lot of it. And then I would ask people if they knew about it. And most people didn't even know it existed. Like, they mm-hmm. would be like... What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And so we watched it as a group all together one time. Was that the first time you guys had seen that movie? Probably. Yeah, that one time we pulled it up on like launch yeah. day of Disney Plus. We were yeah. like, what's on Disney yeah, Plus? Yeah, that was, <laughs> it. That was <laughs> Yeah. Had you seen it before then? No, no, that was our first time seeing it. Okay, that's what I that's what I remembered. So like to me, I was like, oh, we'll watch this because it's terrifying. It's the most horrifying thing in the world. And we can all be like, what's what's wrong with it? And then as we were watching it, literally everyone except for me was like, this thing is good. Like, this is cool. Like, why is it crazy <laughs> good? And I was like, yeah. what do you mean it's good? What do you mean it's cool? It's terrifying. Because I was the only one who'd watched it as a kid. So right. it was it's very much like if you watched it now, you'd probably and you're like a cinema cinephile. You love a, you love movies. You would really appreciate all of the work that it does, it, all of the motion capture work that it does. It's very like interesting and like very dark, but it's definitely doesn't feel like a kids movie. Like nothing about it feels like it's for kids. Right. I think that's the only problem that it has. Is like it feels yeah, wrong audience, buddy. That is not the right. <laughs> that is not the tone that you should be reaching for for a children's. Movie. I just made that. I was gonna say it's like it's. It feels like an adult movie with a like child protagonist. And I was gonna say it's like True Grit, and I haven't seen True Grit, but there is a little girl with pigtails in it, so I'm gonna keep that comparison. And it's Haley Steinfeld. She's good in it. Yeah. Uh, w- so. I- I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this movie. I think it it it's not that I don't like it because I do like it, 
But like, you know, I watched it. We, we've been trying to do this episode for a while. It's just gotten put off for one reason or another a few times. Well, there was um, more relevant movies to be watching. <laughs> yeah. And so like the first time we tried to do it was like a month ago. And so I watched it then, but then it got pushed back. And then when we were going to do it today, I was like, I should watch Return to Oz again. It's been like a second, like not super long, but it's enough that's like, maybe I should watch it again. And I just didn't wanna. <laughs> I was like, Uh-oh. I just don't, I'm not feeling it. I don't really want to. I mean, it's yeah. partially because I had like just seen it pretty recently, but like, you know, it was like, I, I think the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is so crazy. And the second time I watched it, I was like, so now that I know what this is, I like, you know, have a, and it's like pretty good and it's a lot of really good puppetry, it's but like as really a story, it's a little yeah. boring. Yeah. And yeah. It's so very just slow. enough. It like aged like poorly enough on the second viewing that it was like, I don't think I need to go back for a third. I think I'm good here. Because well, the novelty of watching this for the first time together was A, the setup of Keisha being like, this movie's fucked <laughs> up and scared the crap out of me when I was little. We're like, oh, hell yeah, let's all buckle up and watch it. And like, that's right. a great mindset to go into. But then, because it, it's not shy about the fact that it's trying to be fucked up, you know? Like, (laughs) we start the movie in, like, a scary penitentiary in the year 1900. Like, they know absolutely what they're doing. And, like, they just, like, keep going on that. But, like, as the movie goes on, every crazy, weird, creepy thing gets, like, topped by the next weird, crazy, (laughs) creepy thing. And it just keeps getting crazier and crazier until the end of the movie. And you're like, man, that was wild. But then when you know what's coming the second time and you know the crazy thing that happens after this one, it becomes, you're right, like it just, it becomes, it feels a lot slower. It feels a lot less creepy because you've already seen it before. Because I just, it's, I just love the first time watching this movie because like the first creepy thing is that like old, like a sane asylum where they're going to give her like a lecture therapy to the brain and this little girl in like a straight jacket keeps showing up to be like you have to run away Dorothy with her little pumpkin yeah and then she's holding a pumpkin in the middle of the room and she's like I made this for you it's almost Halloween Dorothy haven't you know what happens do you hear the screams at night I've been here for 70 years yeah no it's crazy I mean for people who don't know Dorothy this is like a supposed sequel to Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy wakes up and is like, and you were there, and you were there. And then her family's like, she's fucking crazy. We need to send her to go be electrocuted at the insane asylum. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and that's the like, first act of this movie, is Dorothy being tortured and given electrotherapy. Like, it's the saddest possible start to a movie. Like, Dorothy Gale, her family <laughs> is impoverished. Like, their house, house got destroyed. destroyed. By a tornado, so they lose all of their money. Like, her Aunt Em at the very beginning is like, Dorothy, I just need you to work with me. Like, Uncle Henry is depressed and he won't work. And he hasn't been the same since he broke his leg. And we've never had a mortgage before. And now we're about to lose our house. So I just need you to collect the eggs and stop talking about crazy lands that don't exist. And she's like, anyway, so I found a key to Oz. And this is really important to me. And so her aunt is like, we got to go. We're going. We're going now. Get like, in the car. Like, that was the final straw. So they take her to We're get electroshock the therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, I've never been this far before. This is the furthest out I've ever been. And then she's like, yeah, we're going to keep going. Gorly. I love how, I love the horrifying, endless field that Dorothy lives in in Kansas and the surrounding towns that live there. The town that they pass through is like four buildings 
on just like flat, gray, endless nothingness. And it's genuinely very upsetting. And I love that that's just where they live. And that's where she really wants to get back to, even though her aunt <laughs> right. and uncle have not been very nice to her recently because they want to electrocute her brain just because she's talking about her imaginary friends. This movie is kind of the original gritty reboot when you it think really about is. it. It really is. Yeah. Because not only is it like, not only is it like the quintessential, like Wizard of Oz kind of fucked up if it's you think about it. kind of fucked up if you think about it. But it's like she goes into the insane asylum when they're shocking her and then she like escapes and her friend drowns and then she like gets carried off on the river and then wakes up in Oz and you're like, I'm back in Oz. But then the Emerald City is like in ruins and you're like, oh no, what happened yeah. here? It's <laughs> like such a, it is such a page out of the fucking Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland book. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then... Then the Tin Man shows up, and he's got an eye patch, and he, like, smokes now. It's like, yeah. it hasn't been the same here. I love how dirty this movie does the Tin Man. <laughs> he is, this bitch is not in this movie. No. Well, yeah, no, I mean, no. him and the, I'm I guess, not, the, wait, does the lion show up them. for a minute yes, at the he, end? Yeah, he yeah, shows they're up. they're all in it at the very end. They're right. all there at the very end. But, but like, the Dor- the Dorothy. Dorothy, like, hugs the cowardly lion at the end of the movie. And I swear to God, at that end scene where she's, like, waving goodbye to everybody, like, the Tin Man is, like, barely in frame. Like, they do not give a shit about that dude. <laughs> right. So the weird thing about this movie to me is that it's like, oh, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, the Cowardly Lion, they were, like, royalty briefly before this, like, uprising or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a lot... It's weird... It's weird how modern this storytelling feels. Like, this kind of weird revisionist, like, expanded lore-making for, like, yeah. an established thing feels like such a modern idea. And, like, in 1985, it doesn't feel like... Like, I don't know, maybe I'm talking out my ass because I would non existent at the time not alive (laughs) but like it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that we were doing back then like it feels so weirdly modern in a lot of ways well Um, i mean but like i don't know that kind of thing happens in like um like the chronicles of narnia too and like some other fantasy type things i feel like that if they leave and come back, that's usually what happens. It's like they're like, right. Why I was to about to say, I, set up? I guess that's true. I guess this does have a lot of a lot of Narnia in it. Um, well, I have never read any of the like Oz books. Like, I know there's quite a few of them. I always saw the graphical graphic novel versions of them at the comic store, and I always be like, that seems like more than there should be. That seems like a lot of Oz books, and I don't know if this is just people making up stuff for comics or if this is like the original stories, like put into graphic novel form. Like, how many of those books are there? There were a decent no amount idea. of them. Let me... I can look it up, but... I mean, the the thing about this... I don't know. Like, I how who knows about this movie? Because, like, I never hear anyone talk about it. I never hear anyone mention yeah, it. Yeah, I, like... And, but... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just so strange. <laughs> But uh, I, so so I wanted as to far kind of as like, I can tell, uh, it Return to Oz is not the title of an Oz Like the second book. book. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on, though. Um, it said in the credits, like, based off the books, I think it was, like, The Wonderful World of Oz and then, like, a second one. Oh, The Queen the Queen Ozma, I think, was the second uh, one. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so I'm looking at this list of, of the Oz books... And there is one that's called TikTok of Oz. So these characters are like characters yeah. from the yeah. from the L. Frank Baum books. 
So I get maybe it's like when a I, mixture of multiple books. I yeah, don't know. I think that's the vibe. I just don't know like what liberties they took. If they took any liberties, you know, like I just don't know. I just have yeah. no clue what we're doing. Uh, if you Google "Return to Oz," people also ask, "What is the meaning of Return to Oz?" Is Return to Oz creepy? Is Return to Oz a sequel? (laughs) Is Return to Oz on Disney Plus? And I can tell you the answer to most of these things is yes. Most of them are yes. What does Uh, it mean? Yes. Okay, okay. So it looks like this movie is like an amalgamation of the second and third Oz books. The second book is called The Marvelous Land of Oz. And it says uh, a little boy, Tip, whose name is Tip, Tip, is... (laughs) escapes his evil guardian, the witch Mombi, with the help of a walking wooden figure with a jack-o'-lantern head named Jack Pumpkinhead. Okay. uh, As well as a living sawhorse, which I assume is, what's his name? Gumpo? The Gump. The Gump. The Gump. His name is The Gump. (laughs) And then... And then things take a weird turn. It's like Tip ends up on an adventure with the Scarecrow and the Tin Man to help Scarecrow recapture his throne from General Ginger's army of girls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then the third one's called Ozma. And then the third one's called Ozma of Oz. It says, while traveling to Australia with her uncle Henry, Dorothy is swept overboard with a head named Bellina, which is okay, what's going on yep. in this. All right, movie. all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except they're not on their way to Australia, unfortunately. They okay, land in so... Ev, a country across the desert from Oz, oh. where they encounter the Wheelers and make a new friend, yep. the mechanical Apple. man TikTok. They meet Love Princess Ozma, who is in Eve, Ev. It's just Ev, uh, to attempt <laughs> to save the royal family from the evil gnome king and finally return to Oz. Uh, so you got okay, both. Okay. You got both of these okay. things in here. So what happens after Dorothy gets taken to the insane asylum to get her crazy shocked out of her is uh-huh. she's she meets this little blonde girl who's like, you have to get out of here, Dorothy. Oh, no. And so they escape during a freak thunderstorm or whatever. And they are running away from... And I know that it's supposed to be... They're supposed to be evil. But, like, at the time, 1899, they were just doctors and nurses. Just, you know, doing what they felt like was right. Like, that was just how treatment had been going. Yeah, it feels kind of mean. Psychological community. And so they're all running after these two little girls who are running away from a crazy house. And they're like, come back, come back. And they're like, we have to keep going. So they jump into a crate and float down the river... And then Uh Dorothy wakes up alone and then alone with a chicken, her chicken, Belina, from home. And that's how she ends up back in Oz. And she floats to Oz somehow. Which I will say is not as exciting as taking a tornado. It's I'm just saying. Just you fell asleep and you woke up. That fucking happens like four times in Milo and Otis. Milo and Otis are always falling asleep (laughs) in crates and then waking up somewhere else. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, we floated too far down the river. Oh, then he's gone forever. Like, this movie, like, you you covered it. Like, they are so mean to the people of this insane asylum. And I get it. Listen, they were doing things that weren't really helping, and it was spooky, and I'm sure everybody hated it there. But they're not being mean. They're trying their best. They're genuinely yeah. trying to help. And I hate, because, like, the doctor is, like, listening to her talk to, talk about the Oz, the Ozland. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty wild that she has, like, these, like, huge illusions. And, like, the top science right now has this big old theory about brain electricity and that all these weird thoughts are just extra electricity up in there so we can, like, fix that. Like, 
Again, he's not just like, I'm going to electrocute this little girl because I feel like it. He's got, like, (laughs) science and, like, a plan behind him. Like, this is, like, a thing that people are doing. And she's not going to die. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just feels so bad. Like, his big comeuppance... Is that that lightning storm causes a fire and he dies in the fire? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know like if he the actual, to have this huge the actual doctor. Because you know how, like, the Wizard of Oz, this is the trope is that Dorothy Gale, she like sees the mean Mrs. Gulch and she turns out to be the, the Wicked Witch of the West. And so in this movie, the like guy with the stretcher, um, with the squeaky wheels, he becomes a wheeler, which is the, a horrifying monster. In Oz, and then the nurse is this woman, this princess named Mombi, who steals women's heads, takes them, and wears them when she wants to. And so sometimes she's run around headless, which is terrifying as a child. And then the Gnome King, which is made out of rocks, so I don't really understand why he's a Gnome King. Are gnomes made out of rocks? Is that is that just the way gnomes are? Well, it's not G N O M. It's not G-N-O-M-E, it's just N-O-M-E. I think that might refer oh. to a different... Because well, there also, also gnomes, be like... the rocks in, in, in Frozen are also rocks, so... Yeah. Mm. But well, so, it's like, I so, know, you know how like, Hobbit wasn't actually a word before they wrote the Hobbit, and now Hobbit means little little person gnome guy. I think it's kind of like that, where gnome didn't okay, mean anything, okay. so he was like, it's a gnome, and we were like, we don't know what that means, so it could be anything, but now gnome means little stone friendly man. guy. But well, all this that's true, say, like, Adeline. We just because... talked about gnomes way before the turn of the century. Yeah, gnomes are. A thing. But when were the I when just... were the Oz Oz books written? That's what I'm talking about. This the second Oz book was written in 1902. Okay, I didn't know that. It's a modern <laughs> uh, fairy tale. But then why it's would he why would he write tale. something that's pronounced exactly like a well known fantasy creature and then think that we're stupid when we got it wrong? <laughs> uh, I want to read you this terrifying sentence from this Wikipedia page. Uh, the last Oz book, Glinda of Oz, uh, which was published posthumously after L. Frank Baum died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Wikipedia says, this book contains a dark scene, most likely due to Baum's failing health, period. No Uh-oh. elaboration on that. What the hell does that <laughs> what, mean? What, what is the dark scene? <laughs> what did she do to Galinda? <laughs> what does Galinda do? <laughs> Goddamn. Ooh. Yeah, she just... Yeah, she just Anakin Skywalker's just starts killing all the munchkins. <laughs> yeah. I slaughtered them yeah. like animals. <laughs> <laughs> but That's yeah, hilarious. so I don't know. So all of the things, all of her friends that she meets along the way also feel like they're not as fun. They don't have as they don't have like fun songs like in the MGM version of the of the Wizard of yeah, Oz. Yeah, no songs. No songs. Yeah, not a like, musical. They're all just dark and sad and like <laughs> all puppets, which is fine cuz I love a good puppet, but I then it also makes for like all of the emotional like weight of this movie relies on this child actor who's like not very good at emotions. <laughs> she's she's trying her best. She's not but doing the puppets a bad are sick. job. The puppets are so sick. Yeah, she's definitely the weakest part of the ensemble, which isn't good for your protagonist. Because, like, so damn, Dorothy, that Jack yeah. puppet is so fucking good. That oh, I love it. So it's so cool. big, it emotes. too. And the voice actor is doing such a good job. Like, I just, like, there's something just so charming and enjoyable about the Jack character that they just do it so well. I love that guy. But he's also, like, he's got problems and he's sad. <laughs> 
Like that whole scene where he's like, yeah, my mom made me and then abandoned me. And then I got like attacked and left in this corner to die. Can I call you mom? And you're like, pause the movie. Jack, are you okay? Do I I, need to talk to somebody? All that like mom stuff is so weird. (laughs) It's so weird. Because then they meet Ozma because she's like the lady who created him. But just to be clear, she created him before he was like a living thing. She just built a scarecrow, and yeah, then so the, the evil in, lady made him alive and then killed him. So it's world, kind of fucked up if you think about it. Yeah, there's magic dust you can sprinkle on things to bring them to life. So that's yeah. how Jack... So so Dorothy's, Dorothy's three people that she meets along the way, instead of meeting or going to the Emerald City to find her way home, she needs to get to the Gnome King to free the Scarecrow, who has since become... The King of Oz, which I don't know. I don't think that he has the qualifications, but it's fine, <laughs> I guess. But she meets TikTok, the one-man army robot. He's always needs... doing little dances. But he needs his his thinking wound up, his actions wound up, and his talking wound up. So uh, otherwise, he won't be able to do those things. So he's constantly <laughs> malfunctioning because... He needs those three things wound up. And then she also meets Jack the Pumpkin King, but not the Pumpkin King. Maybe he but is, But not though. the one that you're thinking about. <laughs> well, that's that's what I wanted to say earlier. Like, it's so weird that, like, the the Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Man, like, exist in this world. Like, and they're all, yeah. like, prisoners or dead or whatever. Um, but then this movie feels the need to be like, um, so now there's three new guys. There's a... Uh, Tin man. Metal man and a, yeah, a little guy with a guy. weird head filled with straw and a weird oh, animal and who's a pretty scared one. of things. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Why not just fucking just have them again? Yeah. Have the characters. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? Yeah, I know. Like, you, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, Especially since none of them are as good. Like, they're not. The, they, no. they are not as good as. They're counterparts, it, but... It's a bizarre, uncanny thing in this movie where, like, they have those three characters and they, like, show up later, but they mm-hmm. look totally and wildly different from the other, like, version in the yeah, original it's Wizard not. of Oz. It's not the same. Yeah. How dare it's you think It's not the same, and yeah. they're way worse. Like, so every single worse. one, you're like, oh, this is... Ho-, like, the Scarecrow looks like a fucking nightmare. Oh, my like, God. Like, of the oh, three yeah. of them, the Scarecrow is the one that is kind of a character in the third act and, like, does some stuff and talks to some people. And he sucks, uh, and I hate and him. And it's terrible. He's got this bizarre... Like, it's not a person's head. It's, like, totally... A it's puppet, so, so it's just this weird puppet head that's like bulbous and like moves and like doesn't it's emote. A, doesn't emote and only moves its yeah. mouth, and you're like, this sucks. And it goes, this and is like this. I don't like Dorothy. this Like whenever they do like a behind the scenes stuff for the Wizard of Oz, they always show like the first tests at the costumes, like before they land on the ones that they used. And there are some pretty horrifying scarecrow costumes that they like went through before they like landed on the one that we got. But like the one that we got is pretty good. It does a really good job of looking like a scarecrow without being horrifying, which is something that is very hard to do. And he moves around and he dances and he's very lovable. And here's our favorite and we love him most of all for some reason. I don't love this scarecrow any amount. <laughs> Definitely not more than anybody else. He is my least favorite stay in Oz, Mr. Scarecrow. Like he just, he's just bad. Like I wish, I almost wish they would have just like 
like and just Roger Rabbit in it and just like animated him. <laughs> like I don't know, just done right. something. Either steal the costume that somebody else did that was way better, or just like animate him because this weird. This guy doing the, like, most, like, over-the-top, like, miming act that he's doing all the time while his face isn't emoting, just, it ain't, it ain't working for me. It's not doing it. Yeah, because it is not a direct sequel to the, to the Judy Garland movie. It it's is not. Entirely and how dare separate. you think that it is. Well, that's what's and- so funny about this movie is because they, like, jump into it. Like, it's not the sequel, but it is... They they jump into it like it is the sequel to something. Like, you know mm-hmm. what's going on at the beginning of the movie. But we don't. Because as we've said, it's not a sequel to the movie. And it's not a sequel to the book, either. It's like two of the books combined. So we don't... we There's no way for us to know what's happening at the beginning of this movie. But okay. they're like, yeah, the Scarecrow's the king, and uh, there's this one lady, you know him, and yeah, all of us, you know that. You all know you know all the stuff that's happening, right? I'm like, no, what's going on? I'm thrown off that you guys keep saying it's, like, not a sequel to the Judy Garland one, because, like, I, I don't know any other way to look at it, because, like, it's well, a like, sequel. It's an adaptation of the second book in a series. Yeah, the first like one was done book. very famously, <laughs> and this one just picks up right after the events of that first story and expects you to know and be familiar with them before it just goes. Like, what part of that is not like I'm a just sequel? Speaking, I'm speaking the, because the they add in. Because he said, I don't want it to be a direct sequel to the movie. I'm making a direct sequel to the first book, The and Wizard of Oz. She's not wearing blue. The dog ain't there. Like, it's because they, they throw in all these details that seem very important that we never had any chance to know about when they talk about, like, the Scarecrow being king. Or, like, when she talks about the, meeting the Tin Man when she's talking to the doctor, and she's like, he cut off his leg and they had to replace it with tin, and then he got cursed and he kept hacking off his body parts till he had to replace it with tin. And, like, that didn't happen in the movie. In the movie, we just walked over there and there was a guy made of tin, and he said, I've always been made of tin, and they made me without a heart. Like, it's not what we've been told before. It's definitely not a sequel of the MGM one. I mean, I I guess, I don't know. I just feel like we're being pedantic (laughs) about this because it, it's just like, yeah, sure. There's some continuity differences, but like, it's also like, it just expects you to be familiar with the Wizard of Oz. Like, it's not explaining the Wizard of Oz to you. It's jumping in after the events of Wizard of Oz. Without yeah, no, for sure. covering that ground itself. Like, it, it is a movie that is explicitly designed to be a sequel to The Wizard of Oz because it's expecting you to have seen The Wizard of Oz. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's weird yeah, no, but because I'm of just, how I'm just quoting little... the director. It, just, it says that he, like, in articles, he said that it's not really a sequel to the MGM musical, but a direct adaptation of the bomb books. So like that's I literally right. don't care. We've has... established that he's okay, a dwarf who sucks. I'm just saying it's a different tone. It has an entirely different tone, and I don't think that the tone is a better tone than the original movie. And yeah, they, that's all. He's an editor. What way. does he know? They went out of their way to make Dorothy <laughs> he was the different. director of this, though. We never. We don't do. We don't do any repeat <laughs> locations other than the Emerald City, and I, I think it's so funny. This is a Cinemasins criticism. I love that it takes her like ten seconds to get to the to the Emerald City when in the first movie that was like the whole thing was getting to the Emerald City, and in this one she's just like I'm gonna walk over there, and then well, she does. She, was, I think she that's got very dropped funny. off in a different spot. She was yeah. like, no, because no, because then she goes to the house, and then she walks down the Relic Road. Oh, she yeah, took the right. exact same path. You right. And it you was right. much but faster the this witch time. Was interfering this time. She no interference yeah you're right there's no wicked witch you know what you're right i was wrong and no you're dance right, Keisha. 
no, no dancing, dances. no singing, no Wicked Witch. She could just fucking take a taxi over there and she'd be over there ooh, way quicker. The thing I that I care about, about the most... Well, the thing that I care about the most in this movie is just the Gnome King and the fucking insane stop-motion claymation. And how much use. he rules. I'm a Gnome King apologist. He <laughs> rules. He's it, so cool. It is genuinely like a style of claymation I have never seen before. Where it, it's like a stop motion figure that is like sometimes, I mean, the gnomes that he commands are like mm-hmm. faces in the wall of a cave that are yeah. like moving around. And it just looks like the stone face in a cave, like a face coming yeah, out like of it and like moving like it around. It looks like stone. Like it's mouth. wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later when it's like the gnome king himself and he's like slowly metamorphosizing from like this stop motion stone to like a live action fully articulate man like the editing in it is so wild where like they're having a conversation they keep cutting back and forth and every time you cut back to the gnome king he looks a little bit less like a face in the wall and a little Mm -hmm. bit more like a person there's one there's like a really big cut where it's like one of the big jumps from him being like stop motion to being like a dude with a bunch of makeup on his face. And the makeup's pretty dang good. Like it doesn't take me out of it. Like it's, it's a pretty good look. But like what they do is that he's talking as the stop motion thing. And then there's like a burst of lightning and they like go to look at Dorothy's face and it's black. And then when the lights come back on onto the Gnome King, he's like a dude. It's crazy. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, no, it's fucking... And he's he's right. Like, he is, though. Like, he's being a jerk about it, but he's right. They did take all of take all of his emeralds and stuff. Like, those were his. It doesn't matter if he had a lot of them. Those were his emeralds. You can't just yeah. take those. That's not fair. Oh, Gnome King. Yeah, are we Team Gnome King? I don't think I am, I'm actually, Team Gnome King. That guy's kind of a D-bag. Like, don't get me wrong. He was rude. But I love that line <laughs> where he's like... He's like, see, I'm in the right, Dorothy, because you guys took all my shit and built a city with it, and, like, that was our shit, and we, like, found it, and it's ours. And she's like, but you have so many of them. It's like, that doesn't mean you can take it, Dorothy. <laughs> like, it's still not yours. You can't just take it. That's not how this works. Uh, I just, I'm, I've stumbled upon this letterbox review from just some rando. I don't know who this person is, but... I'll give him credit. Their name on Letterbox is Zeno. But they just have this turn of phrase I really like where they say, uh, I couldn't help but keep thinking of Dark Souls and its mythopoetic, <clears throat> its mythopoetic ruined fantasy world. Dead but crawling with life sustained by magic. Treacherous yet warmly welcoming to its chosen interloper. I like that yeah, a lot. That's, that's really a really good, good turn of that's phrase. That's really good. Well, and it's like... It, it's hard to say, like, because my whole shit, anybody that knows me, is that environmental storytelling is, like, my whole thing. I love it to pieces. When it's done well, I think it's just phenomenal. Like, I love that stuff so much. It's one of the reasons why I love Bioshock. It's one of the reasons why I love Disneyland. It's just, like, if I can just, like, look at a place and get a story from it, like, that's my bread and butter. I love that. And it's weird to say that a movie has that because you're not... just like looking at something and like getting a story from it like you are in a video game or like a location in real life because like it's a camera and it's showing you things and we're going place to place and there's like a story so it's like not really environmental storytelling but it still kind of is 
like when you like see all of the ladies with their heads cut off in the middle of the town and you're like that's fucking spooky i wonder what that is and then we keep going in the movie and then you see the lady who like switches out with a bunch of heads and you're like putting the pieces together like it's like it, it weirdly is like Dark Souls, where it's like, because Dark Souls is all about these weird snippets of lore that you just, like, find and, like, end up being something and sometimes end up being a boss. Like, that's exactly what Mamba feels like. She feels like this weird snippet of lore that becomes a boss at the end of the level, you know? Right, yeah. It do be like Dark Souls. This is the Dark Souls of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it is kind of the Dark Souls of movies. In the sense that it's extremely difficult <laughs> to get through. Yeah. <laughs> What are you saying, Keisha? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this, so Mombi is this princess who's like work, or she she claims to be a princess. Who's to say what the truth who's is? Who's to say? But she's like in cahoots with the Gnome King. And so the Gnome King is trying to eliminate Dorothy Gale so that she can't fix all of his evil doing problems, <clears throat> which it actually does make sense because the Gnome King is actually right because they were his emeralds. They shouldn't have been stealing them. And the doctor was just trying to be a nice little doctor guy. He was it his fault that he was born in a time where science was messed up. They also, when they say they're like, yeah, the guy died, it was really (laughs) sad. They're like, he died trying to save his machines. What an asshole. And I'm like, that's not fair. (laughs) You jerks. Leave this dead man alone. Maybe. Yeah. Like, who's to say? Put speculation on it, I guess. Yeah, but, unless he unless he proclaimed, I'm going back in to save my sheets yeah. and only my machines as say they he ran into the flaming building. <laughs> that then you can't say that. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, I never I never made the connection that this does do the Wizard of Oz thing where like people from her life like become characters in Oz. But like it's just the two of them, as far as I can tell, right? It's just the Gnome King is the doctor and then Mombi is the nurse. Well, and no, then and then the, the Wheeler guy, he's in the hospital as... He's um, the guy pushing the as, thing. Yeah, oh, he's right, pushing right. The, the structure. Well, and the big so one. Ozma's in it. Yeah, Ghost Ozma's Girl that dies in the river, girl. definitely, yeah. Well, who does she become? She becomes she's Ozma, Ozma, the queen. Oh, she okay. stays Because she stays in Oz, because right. she's definitely dead. I just wasn't paying enough attention. I never I never quite... But then also she brings in... Well, but what I was trying to say pumpkin. is that it's weird. Oh. It's weird that it doesn't feel like they have like any particular like thematic resonance to like what they become. It's just no, like they ah, they're bad in the real world, so they become people who are bad in Oz, just for like completely different, totally unique reasons. But like different reasons, yeah. yeah. I mean, because, yeah, the Wicked Witch is the Wicked Witch. Like, a mean neighbor lady wants to take something away from Dorothy. Wicked Witch lady wants to take something away from Dorothy. Different shoes. Like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, You've got Doctor in real life wants to do electrotherapy because he thinks it's going to help Dorothy. Uh, Bad guy in Oswald wants to turn them all into statues and then eat them because he wants to be a real man. (laughs) And you're like, I don't don't see the connection here. I mean, he does at the beginning. He's like, "We're going into the new world, the world of electricity." And do you want to come along with me? I'll make you forget all of your crazy little Oz stories. And then when Dorothy and all of her pals are trying to save the Scarecrow by touching all of the ornaments. Also, I love the way he says "ornament." I've turned him into an ornament. Like I just love that. <laughs> all this to say, he's like. You know, Dorothy, you could just go back right now. I'll send you back with the ruby slippers that I found. And um, you you won't have to remember any of this. You know, wouldn't that be better? And so the Gnome King does do the same thing. But He does do that. The, 
the wheelers do have their cre creepy squeaky wheels, but Mombi, there is not a big connect between a nurse <laughs> and someone who steals people's heads. Heads, yeah. I will say that. Um, I think but it's. I do think it's wet. also kind of telling that like we have not described the plot of this movie even one bit as of yet. Like well, we just, just we're trying. just bringing up like. <laughs> There was this part where there's this lady who steals heads, and then there's this bit where, like, we're just describing, like, visuals and ideas in the movie more than we are, like, describing, like, the actual events and, like, well, plot. Well, because there and, isn't like, really sort of... that much of a plot, really. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... kind of boring for, like, all She's the parts that aren't super cool. She's going to see the Gnome cool. King, and then she goes to see the Gnome King, and that's Here, the movie. Here, let me do it really fast. Let me do it really fast. Okay. Go, Keisha, Dorothy is crazy. Go. Okay, Dorothy is crazy. Her aunt takes her to go get it shocked out of her she runs away with a little crazy blonde girl she floats to oz oz is in ruins everyone has turned to stone she gets chased down by a bunch of creepy men who have wheels for hands and feet and yell and crazy rule. snarky remarks at her they're terrifying and they rule. they're all the joke she finds a little she finds a little robot named tiktok tiktok says we gotta go find princess mombi because she probably knows what's up and then Princess Mombi is crazy. She has all these heads that she uses and wears them at different times. She locks them up in a cage so that she can steal Dorothy Gale's head at one point. But she's like, you're too young, Dorothy Gale. I gotta, you gotta age up a little bit. And so then she finds Jack Which the Which we respect. We respect the hell out of her for that. <laughs> yeah, she needs a, he needs a mommy. His mommy's missing. And so then they, what they do is they tie together a bunch of furniture and put a little living like a like a what are those called a, a head of a of a gump but a, a mounted head. head of like a moose like creature and they steal this powder that brings things to life they sprinkle it onto the couch now this gump thing is like why am i alive i shouldn't exist <laughs> and this <Yeah>. hurts <laughs> it's really weird and sad and so they tape some fronds to the gump couch creature and he flies away then they crash onto the Gnome King's mountain. The Gnome King's like, I have your friends. They're all ornaments. I've turned them into an ornament. And into so an then ornament. he's like, if you can find them, then you can win. But if you don't find them, then you'll be in an ornament and I'll be a Which human. Which again, eh. is pretty and nice then, of him. It's pretty nice of him to yeah. offer a fun little game instead of just killing all of them. Yeah. And so then Dorothy wins. She finds all of her friends, brings them back to life. And then the Gnome King's pissed and he's like, oh, I'm an evil mountain now. And so he starts to tries to eat all of her friends. But then Belina, the chicken, savior of the day, lays an egg into his mouth. And apparently eggs are poisoned. No. They say that they say that like as it's happening. Like yeah. the way that she works, it's just like, what's what's Belina doing? And they're like, I don't know. And then she She's lays an egg, an egg in the mountain and they're like, that's poison to mountains. And you're like, oh, yeah. I can't. Okay. Wreck it round, they told you. Yeah. As it was happening. Like, at the beginning, they at least go like, She's got a chicken with her. Because that's how they say it. They go, chicken. <laughs> and, and oh, that's right. Like, they are afraid of the chicken, chicken at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Chicken. The chicken can't come. And it's like, why? So it's because eggs are poison. Which I also really <laughs> like the way he goes, eggs are poison to gnomes. <laughs> like, that just, there's a lot of sound. It makes sense that he was a sound editor because a lot of the sounds really stick in my head. Like the Yeah, they go very tactile. Yeah, even the drips, like, I think about when TikTok is crying and, like, his tears drip onto, like, his metal. Like, it just is such a good little plunk sound. But all this to say, the day is saved. Dorothy 
saved everyone. She gets sent back home. And apparently the insane asylum burnt down in the middle of the night. And the doctor <laughs> died. And she just goes back home. The end. Hell yeah. Uh, That's the plot. There's not a lot there. Yeah. Well, there's also... Did we talk about how the scarecrow got turned into an ornament and they had to go... Yeah. Uh, yes. Was I not paying attention? Yeah, no, sorry. You can, you were not talking paying about that. that. I didn't I'm put sorry. a lot of details into that though. You can go ahead and, and no, explain. Uh, <laughs> that's just that's just a cool weird. It's like a weird uh, uh, last crusade thing where they have to be like of all is, these yeah. of all these ornaments. Guess which one is the is your the friend. is your friend? What what's the bit? How does she figure out which one it is? It's green. It's yeah. Uh, it's literally an emerald. <laughs> He's literally an emerald. It's not even like it's not subtle at all. He's a big giant emerald. Uh, and she's like, you guys oh, want to know? They're all the green ones. You guys want to know who played the Tin Man in this movie? Uh, who was it? What poor guy? Who? It yeah. was Deep Motherfucking Roy. It was. Yes! He's Droopy McCool and he's Deep the Tin Roy, Man. Oh, Deep hell Roy. yeah. And then That's you know who was Deep the voice Roy. of Gump? Who? Who? Blade director Stephen Norrington. Oh my god! <laughs> For some reason. Hell yeah. In his oh, only credited is- acting performance outside of being an extra in Blade. Hell yeah. Well, Alright. That's to the out. way to do it. He must have been working on it in some other capacity also. And That's they just, the only like, way that makes voice. sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, sometimes on the voice editor, it's like, I need somebody who sounds exactly like this. And they're like, eh, fuck it, I'll just do it, because I know what I want. That feels like the situation. Right. And they're like, he, do a voice like the one that he does. And they're like, actually, you just do the voice, yeah. whatever. And then he went on to direct Blade. And yeah. And, and do you, think, do you think the Gump is an extra on Blade? Uh, absolutely. Have you seen yeah, it? He's, he's all Easter over egg. that fucking flick. He's all over the place. And in the background in every movie, there he is. He said, but Blade says some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill, and Gump is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in unimaginable pain because I'm made of two couches. Yeah, that is so messed up. Like, that's um, a movie amongst messed up things. We haven't even talked about the deadly desert. We should get there soon. Yeah. But the fact that there's like this like creature, like, he was basically a moose, and he says in the movie, he's like, you know, one day I was just eating some grass in a field and then I woke up here and now I'm an abomination. <laughs> like, please, I should He was like, I alive. was just walking along and I heard a loud noise and that's all I remember. So he got shot. Well, and yeah, like, and so they mounted his head, sure. And then they that's tied the other him thing. to the couch and put him alive. Is that, like, not only is this movie, like, very visually scary... But it's also, like, really existentially freaky, too, for, like, a kid's movie. It yeah. would have scared the hell out of me as a kid. Because not oh, only yeah. that... Oh, Jackson was a thinker, yeah. Yeah, not only that, like, with the gump and him being like, oh, I'm so horrified of being alive. But, like, TikTok is also, like, in this constant state of, like, drifting in between existence and <laughs> yeah. non-existence. Where it's like when he if runs out, he simply up, he ceases think. to exist. He is, like, annihilationism <laughs> incarnate. He just does not... He ceases Exist. to be entirely when he runs out of... But that's what he likes. Oh my God. That's what he likes Yeah, he likes, he likes that. He likes the fact that he doesn't exist and doesn't have emotions and will never be alive. He's like, I'm yeah, not alive, but I'm him. never gonna be alive, and I like it. Yeah. Like, oh, God. I missed back when I could not think, stripped of even the pleasures of thought and memory. You're like, oh, God, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, holy shit. 
But of yeah, the at the beginning the... when she first meets him, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, the scarecrow told me to find you, so I screamed out your name until I couldn't speak, and then I paced back and forth until I couldn't move, <laughs> and then I just freaked out until I couldn't think anymore." And yeah, then I just thought <laughs> until I couldn't think anymore. That's and you're horrifying. like, "Fuck!" It's hardcore. That's horrible. <clears throat> what were you gonna say, Adelaide? Well, I love that. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna quote that exact scene. You nailed it. But I also like they—they they are so horrifying with Mombina, whatever her name is. Mombi, Mom, yeah, Mommy. like because she like Mommy because she has all those heads. Mombi, <laughs> and they are very clear that she has stolen these heads. So you would assume mm-hmm. there's like some magic, or I mean, obviously she like killed them. She killed these girls because she wants to be beautiful, or she wants these heads. Well, they never yeah, go into like, why she does it. They're like, did you see all those stone women with no heads out front? Yeah, yeah, the, that's all their heads horrifying. Are in a case. Yeah, they're yeah, in like a, just a that hall, imagery is just so hall. fucking scary. Yeah, and that it's little like, like alcove, beautiful hall where they're all on pedestals is terrifying. But when they get turned not from stone anymore. She also doesn't have them as heads anymore, and they just kind of zoom yeah, back to where they were, on. and they're just, like, hanging out totally fine. And I'm like, but I I feel like that's kind of like a cop-out. Like, if you're gonna go as far as to be like, she's a horrifying witch that steals these beautiful young girls' heads for her own, like, vanity, and then you're just like, we fixed it. I don't know. I want, <laughs> like, go, go all the way with that. Like, come on, do something else. <laughs> Can you imagine in this already, like, not a very children's movie movie that like all of the people come back to life but then all of those women just flop over because they don't have heads because they don't have heads <laughs> they're just headless dancing and they have that <laughs> shot because well, they have that shot where there's statues and then there's like the flash and they're all standing and they're like whoa what happened if just instead of that they just like fall over dead because they don't oh have their god. heads anymore <laughs> and Dorothy's just like oh fuck oh no oh god that would fucking I didn't rule. think that through that would rule. That'd be so good. <laughs> they should have done it. Well, maybe you know what? Movie. I mean, we we made the decision a while ago that if we ever want to cover a movie multiple times, like in the span of the podcast, like the second time should be a commentary track instead. I think this yeah. is a perfect commentary track movie. This is a perfect. Yeah, this commentary is a good track. commentary. Track. I feel like we should I, commentary. It. Yeah, I feel like just talking about it doesn't really do it justice because I mean, like I said, everything that's no. crazy about it is just how crazy the everything visual. looks. Yeah, yeah, like it's just it's such so a visceral. visual thing. And I think maybe we'd be having a little bit more fun with this if we were like actually reacting in real time to like what the fuck? Why no, do the wheelers right. look like You're that? Probably right. The wheelers are like. That's, like, the one, like, moment I remember the most clearly from the first time I watched it. They are, like, Cirque du Soleil, but if they were real and evil. Because, like, the Wheelers, basically, like, the gag is that they're, like, these guys who are, like, on stilts on their hands and feet that have wheels at the end of it. And they're, like, moving in this really bizarre way because they've got stilts on their hands and feet with wheels on the end of it. And they're, like, moving on all uh fours. And they've got masks on the tops of their heads. So it looks super bizarre and unnatural. Um, And I just remember, like, seeing them wheel out for the first time and, like, fully and completely not understanding what I was looking at. I was like, is this a puppet? Is this a real guy in a costume? Like, what am I? And then there's a moment where they, like, reveal that they're actually just normal guys and they, like, stand up and they, like, tilt their heads back and they've just got their face and you're like realize that it's a mask on the top of their head like as you're watching the movie and you're like oh damn like everything just like clicks into place and all of a sudden you like understand what you're seeing <laughs> for the first time it's, it's super yeah, cool 
and when they introduce them for the first time, they're really smart about, like, not letting you get a good look. They're, like, creeping around corners and, like, just out of frame, and they're, like, laughing and cackling, and they're all spooky. Like, it's a really smart, well-done scene to, like, reveal these weird creatures. Like, as boring of a movie as this is, like, it, you're right, Jackson, it's so weird that this wasn't done by, like, a puppeteer or somebody, because, right. like, that's what this movie nails, and then everything else is kind of boring. Like, it just it does that so smart. And then the plot of the movie is they walk over to a mountain, and then they walk back from the mountain, yeah. and that's the whole plot. And then a chicken lays an <laughs> egg in a mountain. They fly over the deadly the desert to a mountain. That's another thing that was weird about, I was like, yeah, this isn't a sequel to the movie, because when they land in the desert, Dorothy's immediately like, oh, this is that deadly desert that's all around Oz and will turn you to sand. We I all know that. Yeah. And I was like, that never happened, Dorothy. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, we all know the horrifying sand that when you touch it, you turn to sand and the wheelers run into it and become like decomposing sand castles of their old visage. It's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. But, like, that's cool. That's a cool element. Yeah, and that's just, like, the world that they live in. They're like, even when Oz was super cool, there was always just a desert that if you touched it, you would turn to sand. That's just a part of it. That's right. just right next door all yeah, the time. you know, like, that's just, you can't control where you live. That's, you know, like, rent control. That's what they say. That is what they, they do say. say. They do say rent control sometimes. <laughs> sometimes people be what saying kind of, rent control. What kind of, uh... <laughs> What kind of, like, political moves do you think that the, the Scarecrow is making as king? Like, what do you think is up with that guy? Probably not I good he, ones. I think he's trying to build a wall around Oz. Ba-dum ching Yeah, no, yeah, I think the Scarecrow's a fucking bad leader. To separate from the Deadly leader. Desert? Yeah. Probably, right? Like, I think that the He's, the like, trying to build out there, right. and people keep turning turning to sand, and the houses keep turning to sand. The Scarecrow's just like, keep trying. Eventually, we'll build a house over there. <laughs> Also, the Gnome King just wants to be human. Like, that's what he says. Yeah. He's like, I'll be human finally. And, like, that's, I hate when that's, like, their motivation. Because, like, just make him evil. Like, why can't he just say, like, I'll dominate the world? Like, not, I just don't want to be I'm a gonna kill rock yeah. man. I just want to know what it feels like to touch grass. i would love to touch some grass you don't even know like what does it feel like to take like a deep breath that's all i want to know like that's so sad like come on that's what's that's another weird part of the beginning of this movie they make such a thing out of the like machinery that's gonna do the electrotherapy that i like has a face on it he like makes a big fucking meal out of being like these are the eyes, and this is the nose, and this is the mouth. Like, they make such a meal out of that scene. And so you think that, oh, we're gonna go to Oz, and there's gonna be, like, a monster or a character or a dude that looks like that machine. And there never is one. There's no electricity in Oz. It's that TikTok. never comes up again. Is that TikTok? TikTok? Is but TikTok's machine. evil. Yeah. Or, but TikTok is good, and the machine is evil. The machine's yeah, I'm gonna not kill saying that the movie makes sense. I'm not saying the movie makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, no, you got me. That's what it is. You know what? You got me. That's fair. I don't, I don't have any argument for that. <laughs> that uh, I couldn't. I never saw the gump, though. Never saw the gump. I missed out on the gump. Yeah, don't know where the gump came from. Don't know what's up with him. Uh, do we want to start wrapping it up? Are we feeling? Well, are we so feeling you guys, I was looking. Done? I was no, reading I like... my old Wizard of Oz memoirs, and I was like, man, this is kind memoirs. of fucked up if you think about it. And then I started, like, thinking about my own life. And then I had the terrifying thought 
that real life is kind of fucked up if you think about it. Whoa! Welcome to Creepy Pasta Book Club. Uh, this, this one's so short. It's so is short. It so short? Let me do I'm it. like sick. It's I'm really so tired. Short. I feel like I'm bringing a bad energy to this podcast already. Fine. Can wait another week for this really good. Okay. Creepy, but see now, now there's too much buildup around this creepy pasta because okay. I haven't gotten to do it two weeks I'll, in a row. I'll read the. I'll somebody, read it. If somebody I'll else will read it. We can do it. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it this week. You can't you guys. fucking read a creep. You can always read a creepy pasta, and I just. I I I don't just think you're send ready. It. I'm sending Send it. it. I'm copying. I'm copying the league as we speak. I don't think you're ready for this one. I think you're right. I though this would be a really good. This would be an excellent uh, commentary track. All right. This is called Jack Black and Infinity from <laughs> September twelfth, two thousand eight. Jesus Christ! Call. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. In Beantown, Nebraska, a town with a population of just over 200, there lives a, na- a man named Jack Black. Not the Jack Black, of course, <laughs> but just a guy named Jack Black. Clearly. At 10.06 p.m. on January 4th of 2014. <gasps> this is in the future. Oh, the future oh of 2014. Gosh, in the future past. Mr. Black's phone will ring. Upon picking up the receiver... Jack will suddenly be a receiver. <laughs> oh, the past. That's a, bad, that's a bad prediction, my guy. <laughs> already bad. Already a bad prediction. It seems like it'd be a slam dunk, but it's not. <laughs> that's the first flaw. Strike one. Strike one. Comment. Comment. Upon picking up the receiver, Jack will suddenly be able to comprehend the true definition of infinity. And for a split second, we'll be able to truly understand how long an eternity is. The massive strain on the collective conscious conscience of existence that this paradox will create will actually cause the fabric of space-time to collapse on itself, creating a new universe identical to ours, but starting at the beginning of time. This universe will proceed to exist until the exact moment in time that humans would identify as 10.06 p.m. on January 4th, 2014 CE, at which point an alternate Jack Black will pick up his alternate phone, thus comprehending infinity and starting the whole process over again. It got a 4.13 out of 10 stars from 224 just, votes. This is such a. This one just makes me angry. It makes me mad. Yeah. I, okay. Because this is not. This is not a story. This is not a narrative. This is an no. idea. This is an idea that you have when you read yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for the first time when you're 14, and you yeah, think you really understand it yeah. on, on, like, a really deep level, but you completely fucking don't, and, like, you, you haven't, you haven't even started to, to, <laughs> to get it, to get it, and you think you fully and completely understand it. Yeah. My favorite thing... They could have just named the character fucking anything else. They had the thought. I see, this is what I know what happened. They had the thought of the name Jack Black. And they yeah. were like, for a split second, they forgot that Jack Black exists. And they were like, that's a really fucking cool name. And then they went, oh, wait, fucking Jack Black exists. And they were like, but I want to call him Jack Black anyway. So then they dictated an entire yeah. paragraph of this very short story to be like, but not Jack Black from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> not that one. 
And I like to imagine that eventually, in this infinite loop, eventually it will be the Jack Black that picks up the receiver <laughs> Just one in 2014. Time. Just yeah. one time, eventually. Yeah. In Nebraska. Uh, I kept waiting for it to be, like, symbolic or something. I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> but then, Jack White. And it was going to be like, oh, yin and yang, good uh-huh. and evil. But then that didn't happen. It was just like his name yeah, is Jack know. Black. I kept expecting it to have some significance, but it just doesn't. Of the yin and yang of people, we have Jack Black on the evil side and Jack White on the good side, uh-huh. as we all know. Well, also, oh, like, the whole point of creepypasta is to be like, this could happen to you. Isn't that yeah. so scary? But this, like, nothing impacts me whatsoever. Like, I don't I don't get the phone call that makes me see into eternity. Like, I don't experience any difference between the the time loops. So, like, what? Like, Keisha, the it. world's gonna end in 2014. I'm just going to my class. That's what you'll experience. Oh, I guess so I'll never graduate. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, no. I'll never have <sighs> to pay taxes. That's the yeah, worst that's news the, ever. That's, that's the creepy, but that's what's scary. I see, Keisha, <laughs> I don't think you got it. That's what's scary that's about scary. it. That's scary. Is that the world's got to end in 2014. That's and true. And back in 2008, he was really but looking ahead. But then it ahead. just starts back over again, so it doesn't really end. There isn't really yeah, an ending. Yeah, it starts over again. But then it's going to end again. That's what's scary, Keisha. It's going to happen again and Wait. again and again. Yeah, when I was this? 4.13 out of 10. When was this creepypasta? 2008. Damn. Is that the oldest creepypasta we've ever had? Yeah, we've had a 2012, I believe. I think that is the oldest creepypasta wow. that we've had. That's pretty incredible. Same age as me. No. I'm just I'm looking at some of the the horrible, horrible ads on creepypasta.com, and they're pretty they're pretty entertaining. Are there any good comments? I'm trying to no, scroll to the comments. I scrolled through all of them, and they were like, "This isn't creepy." Not this isn't. Oh, they were just <laughs> like long here. Mean. <laughs> this like, is this just isn't like good. Yeah. One bad idea. Or a lot of yeah. them are, say, "Then who was phone? Who was phone?" <laughs> that, that's pretty. Good. I remember that's when that was funny. funny. Someone said, "That was pretty um, good." Okay, so, hey, rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a downer, but I'm sleepy. So, would yeah, you guys fair. like to hear a letterbox review of? Return to Oz. I would. I would love to. Yeah, give it this to person, us. This person right. I mean, any final thoughts before I wrap it up? Maybe I shouldn't be such a, like... Such any, a fucking <laughs> Grinch. You Grinch. I'm, I'm not going to be a baby. Grinch. Any final moments? Any last words? Uh, hashtag the Gnome King was right. Yeah, Gnome uh, King. I, I guess Jack. we're all on Team Gnome King. Yeah, Team Gnome King. His name's Jack Pumpkinhead. I feel like we didn't get that, give that the attention it deserves. Yeah, Jack Pumpkinhead. I think, that, I think that's pretty good. I think Jack his name is Pumpkinhead, Jack. Pumpkin and for also head. a Henson was Jack Pumpkinhead, so it makes sense why he was so good. Brian Henson, oh, yeah, yeah. He born was very good. In, born into the puppet game. Mm-hmm. He was meant. He was meant to be. And just to be clear, nobody named Jack Pumpkinhead. He sat in the corner, his body destroyed, but his not, but his mind alive for the first time ever, <laughs> and named himself Jack Pumpkinhead. So I think he gets a pass. <laughs> right. Uh. Uh. So hey, this review comes from Letterbox.com, and this person says, "You know what I love the most about this movie? The misery." <laughs> Me too. I do. Yeah, that is what You're I like right. about it. You're anyway, right. My name is Jackson McMurray. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> it. Yeah, that was the McMurray. statement. My name's Adeline McMurray, oh. and I love the misery. My name is Keisha Rhodes, and the misery is like a four point 
one three out of ten. <laughs> he would have recommended. And this has been the Cool Takes podcast. Thank you. Uh, Chip and Dale next week. Still, is that what we still want to do? Yeah, Chip and Dale. Okay. Yeah, we okay. can do Chip and Dale. We can Chip and. Some that'll chip be our. That'll be our freebie. Chip and Dale. Woo.